Scott's broken. <laughs> what else is new? He's not even online! He's having Skype problems. Evidently. So we have Skype. Yeah. How do I add someone to this call? And uh, I'll add people. Are you sure he's online? Does he even have a line account? <laughs> oh. Wait, maybe this is what I do. Okay. Add pipples. That one. Add. Yo. There this we go. Doesn't seem to be the correct Scott. This is Mirror Universe Scott. Uh, uh, are we? Who are you guys? He has a goatee. Doesn't what? the regular one? No, he has, nope. a, he has a chin strap. Sure oh. The nose and mustache. I don't. I don't know what's going on. How, uh, this is a new computer. New computer? Who guess? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fort Max is doing the joke better than you, Scott. I know. Well, that's usual. Shameful. Yeah. Podcasts, The Final Frontier. These are the Star Trek episodes of the podcast Superhero Time. Our continuing mission? Explore old episodes of Star Trek, alienate even more listeners, and boldly plow your mom where no one has come before. Superhero Time presents... That one episode of Star Trek. With Chris. Well, you know, sometimes you podcast the bear and sometimes the bear podcasts you. Hey, Mickey. Scott. I can't wait to say some really ignorant things about it, though. And Fort Max. I told you. This week on that one episode of Star Trek, etc., etc., Mickey, tell me about uh, Star Trek Bridge Simulator thing, VR Troopers. Well, I got to play it a week ago. Right, but that was Tuesday after we recorded. Yes. Um, I got to play it for one day. Why? Because Ben's been home ever since, and uh, I love VR. It's not a terribly polite thing to play, full, play in a room full of people, because it's very exclusionary. Therefore, I kind of feel bad about doing it, so I've just sort of been holding off till Ben is away for an evening. Okay. So, I haven't got to play it very much. I haven't played multiplayer at all. Oh, well, I've, I've heard rumblings that initially multiplayer has not really worked very well. There's been a few glitches here and there, but it's it, it's still as playable fly here. Hmm. How does single player work? Are you playing as the captain? Or a You're playing as the captain, and you can take control over other people. Oh, okay. Too bad multiplayer you know, like, doesn't work H. that Smith. way. <laughs> but no, it's very good. Um, motion controls. I haven't tried playing with the physical controller, the classic PlayStation controller. I've just used the, the Move controllers, which are kind of wonky to begin with. They work okay. There's some issues of tracking. Um, there's some issues where you need to be sitting in the right kind of chair. A captain's chair? Well, okay, so say you're in the captain's position in his captain's chair, and you've got little buttons in the side of your armrest, right? Okay. Uh, they're positioned at a place where they're actually inside the couch. <laughs> so you need to be sitting in a chair that has nothing on either side of you, like you know, a, an office chair or a folding chair or something like that. Sitting on a couch is going to cause you a lot of problems. Hmm. 
Um, Gameplay-wise, it's interesting. It's uh, surprisingly complex to try and figure out how to do all this stuff at the same time. I guess that's where the multiplayer comes in. Yes. Uh, for example, you start off in the Kobayashi Maru, of course. <laughs> <laughs> have you beat that one yet? Uh, no. It's How creatively have you failed it so far? Not very. Oh. Like I said, I barely played the game. Hmm. Uh, but you're sort of shoved in there, and you can start transporting people out. You can try and defend the ship. Uh, you, you can just fuck off and run. The game doesn't really tell you what to do. Mm-hmm. So a fairly realistic Kobayashi Maru. Yeah, so basically that's sort of what I understand what the captain's position in the game is, is that uh, the game doesn't tell you what to do. The captain has to assign uh, what you all are do- doing. Mm-hmm. Like There is no checklist of do this, then this, and this. I mean, you've got to decide. So it's a lot of um, self-motivation kind of stuff. For the captain, yes. Yes. Uh, there's a thing where I was supposed to go investigate something, but there's mines around. Mines? You see the, mine, you see the mines out on your little map thing. The game doesn't tell you to do anything about it. It says, watch out, there's mines. So you can either choose to fly away the fuck around them, or you can think, well, let's just blow them the fuck up. <laughs> or you can drive straight through them, as I did, and they do a lot of hull damage. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> it's almost like they're mines. Yeah. So, um... It's so, uh, what bridge does it use? Uh, the, the default is the uh, Kelvinverse style bridge for the Aegis. Ugh. It's nice looking. It's very effective. Uh, you have the option, though, for if you're playing in, like, you know, just uh, randomly generated level mode, you can switch to the original series, cool. which looks and sounds amazing. It's also hard mode. Ah. Because you're using jelly beans as buttons. Yes, and none of them are labeled unless you pull up the help guide, which means a little overlay saying, this means move up, this means move down, left and right. Uh, I see. Well, like but... on the East Bridge, a steering is done through a touchpad, like a circle, you sort of drag where you want the ship to go. On the original series, there's like four different directional buttons, but they're sort of laid out on a straight line. <laughs> <laughs> it's not intuitive. It's like an old Mac keyboard? Yes, yes. <laughs> well, you should be right at home with that. Um, there's nothing more intuitive than a, than a, than a box of Jolly Ranchers. <laughs> but there's some really neat little touches to it, too. Like, if you're in the captain's chair, instead of pulling a little heads-up display, you have to reach out and grab your panel, your pad or whatever, and look at it. And you tap it on the little map thing on it to select targets. Interesting. So. Well, it sounds fascinating. I bet the multiplayer would be fucking rad, especially if you're all in the same room together. No, no you can't do that. Oh. oh, okay. Yeah, well, it's, it's actually shitty. Headset plus system. And now I'm glad I don't have friends. It also supports cross-system play, which is good. Oh, cool. You can play with uh, Oculus and Vive people. Well, which Vive people anyway. Is, so that's good to have an expanded player base. Do people even own an Oculus? I don't know. That PC uh, stuff. Yeah, my, dad, my dad's got one. He loves it. Well, that pretty much says everything right there. Does he know to press control to fire? <laughs> My dad is can definitely hold his own in video games. <laughs> hold his own what? Penis? He's uh, playing Leisure Larry, isn't he? My dad, look, my dad's been playing video games for longer than I've been alive. So, 
And I play with them every weekend. My brother and I play uh, uh, PC games with them all the time. So he's from Canada. You probably never heard of him. He he knows what he's doing. <laughs> he goes to a different school. <laughs> I am not a bastard. I do, in fact, know who my father is. Doesn't make you not a I've, bastard. I've get I've got pictures of him. I think technically it it does. I think that's how that works. <laughs> I mean, if you want to get down to like the the definitions of it, I'm pretty sure you could be a bastard just if your father was not married to your mother when you were born. Yeah. Oh, I I was. He I don't. Was. I don't think it requires not ever knowing your father. Well, he did. It was. So I'm technically correct, which is the best kind of correct. No. <laughs> Me being correct is the best kind of correct. <laughs> also, the only one permitted on this show. <laughs> Uh, God, you two are so cute. <laughs> yeah, but he still I mean, won't go see the new Transformers movie with me. <coughs> I yeah. have standards. Yeah, he won't go you see the movie with yeah, you. Pal- you could probably go see it with Paladin <laughs> if you wanted. Uh, Mickey, the last seven years on this show has proved you do not have standards. I call bullshit. They're flexible standards. <laughs> Depends how much I've had to drink. That's it. Just get really drunk and then drive to Nashville. <laughs> or, or use the designated driver system, get Russ really drunk and have him drive you to Nashville. <laughs> do you really need to do that first step? <laughs> yes, otherwise it's not funny. No, no, I'm saying, does, no, does one really need to get Russ drunk? Isn't that just... It's a state of being. State? Well, that's why I said get him really drunk. Because, like, there's a difference between Russ how he was last week and Russ how he was the time before that he was on the show. It's true. One is an idle state of drunkenness. The other is, you know, exceptionally drunk. I think blitzed is a good term for that. I think he was blitzed. Hmm. So anyway, we've got an episode to do. Hi ho, hi ho. was a season three episode. <laughs> it was one of the last season three episodes. This episode was was strange because as far as like a science fiction story goes and the way the dialogue was written, I kind of liked it. Yep. Um, but the timing was so, the pacing was so weird. It wasn't very good. It was like no. 90% of it was this lead up, and then like the meat of the story was over in like two seconds. We're like, wait, what? What? What happened? Wait, what? It really smacks of they weren't trying. Uh, I don't know. But yeah, you have to admit, though, the world building in this episode was amazing. Was it? No, I it wasn't so. amazing. It was tolerable. <laughs> I mean, look at all what what all they added though. So I'm saying they added so much to the Star Trek like canon in this one episode. All the characters and did like histories they? of races and shit. Yeah, they did. The shit that goes on for like ever and ever. The stuff that's I can think of two DS9 things and TNG and all the other episodes. I can think of two things. Yeah, and Fearless. that's two more than most episodes. <laughs> and Thorok. Yes, Kalos and Thorok. Pretty much, yeah. Thorok. I am Turok. Then he fires bows at dinosaurs. Uh, oh, Turok the dinosaur hunter, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a thing. That way would be more entertaining, I think, in this episode. Well, Scott, I think you just volunteered to do the summary. <laughs> Motherfucker. 
<laughs> All right, we're doing it. Fuck it, we're doing it live. Not anymore, he's not. All right. Uh, so I gotta say the special, the new special effects anywhere are great for like a molten planet, which is awesome. All right, so we open up on the bridge as we're want to do in Star Trek TOS. Uh, they're orbiting a magma planet. Now, just get this episode. There were now did the remastered version also have a couple of short uh, shots on that planet that were just incredibly grainy compared to everything else? Yes. Yes. What the fuck was that? Original we'll footage that. not found. Yeah. What was that? That was weird. That's because just like with was... the Next Generation episodes where they couldn't find the original footage remaster, so they had to throw in what was left over from the best option. Although at least in Except... one case, they did eventually find the few seconds of missing footage. Uh, like, they couldn't find it for that preview disc, but when the actual season came out, they did have it replaced. It, I... was, it was jarring. I knew Fort Max was going to point that out. I am not... <laughs> I, I was thinking, under the impression, the the whole thing was edited on film and like spliced together. I don't know, but the but the shots that are clear, at least for the remastered version, look fantastic. I was watching on the on the TV and in the living room. I was like, man, this looks so good for late sixties. I, I was impressed with how good the quality was. Uh, that's what happens when you record things on film. <laughs> yeah, is that? I mean, do they do that for like season three? Because it looked even better than the other seasons. Were they using like a different? Quality film stock or something? Probably. I mean, yeah, if sure. anything, in season three, they should have been using lesser quality film stock since they had basically no money. Right. Oh, they blew some money in this episode, though. Holy shit. Yeah, well, they only had two episodes left after this one, so, you know, they just kind of burned through yeah. what they had in their pockets, basically. I think they did. So, anyway, they're orbiting this 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 lava planet. Uh, they've orbited a couple times doing scans and doing exploratory things. And the reason they're here is because they've heard rumor that occasionally there's these signals or strange things happen around this planet, and there's rumor that there's intelligent life on this planet. Uh, to which McCoy is quick to say, Bullshit! God, that makes me angry! The planet's made of lava! What the hell's wrong with you assholes? Yeah. <laughs> So they get the you know, so they, there's there's record of like these signals coming up never confirmed or anything. So they're checking out. They're they've orbited a few times. They're like, yeah, all right, done. We're we're done. All right, let's leave orbit. Let's get the fuck out of here. And of course, like the second they start to pull away, that's when someone calls. Lame. So yeah, this is I like this because it gets starts off as like the boring part of Star Trek because you know they go out and explore. Not everything's an episode. Sometimes it's just a nebula. <laughs> you know. Oh, great. We get to map an asteroid belt. Yay. Run a scan for six hours and move on. Maybe we need a Star Trek episode made of all those it's not an episode moments. I would love that. I mean, seriously, just make it with the characters hanging out and bantering. I think that would be awesome. <laughs> I mean, it would be like two B plots. You could, you could fit like two or three B plots in an episode like that with no A plot. Think of all the room for activities. Anyway. So as they're about to leave, they finally get a signal. Uh, and there's something approaching them from the main view screen, which they turn on, and this glowing red blob of holy shit, it's Abraham Lincoln, sitting in a chair in space, looking presidential. That's one of the best dumb things in Star Trek ever. I love how straight they played all of this. It just amuses me. You're like, oh, hey, I'm Abraham Lincoln. He's like, oh yeah, you're you're Captain Kirk. Uh, yeah, how you doing, buddy? <laughs> and then like she goes, like he goes, hurry, check the thing. He's like, oh, don't worry, it's fine. I know you can hear me. Wait, what? 
He's like, no, I know it's kind of weird that I'm floating in space, but no, I'm totally Abraham Lincoln. Why is Abraham Lincoln floating here in space like this? Uh, dude, I don't know. I just am. But what I do would Abraham I Lincoln need with a starship? <laughs> <laughs> oh, can we just end the podcast on that? Are we done with this episode? <laughs> uh, we can't end the podcast with that, but we will start another one with that because I've made that an intro quote. <laughs> Good. Okay. All right, so we cut back to like this horrible filmy grain, grain footage. Uh, title of this episode is The Savage Garden, which was very popular in the late 90s. Like a chick or something. Yeah, I think they had like a one-hit wonder. All right, so like again, Kurt goes over to Spock and goes, uh, Spock, do you mind kind of stepping in this and, you know, doing science shit since you're the science officer instead of just standing there like an idiot? <laughs> Spock helpfully says, fascinating. Thanks, Spock. Spock's like, it's Abraham motherfucking Lincoln. Holy shit. Dude, look. <laughs> yeah, he's like motioning against the, the view screen. Look, can't you fucking see him? <laughs> he's right there. So Abraham Lincoln's like all, oh, I've never been called fascinating before. That's nice. Thank you. Uh, all right. So, well, the thing is, right before this happened, they did have this high-intensity scan that hit the ship. So something is clearly up. So... They had this massive and apparently the scan beak just being scanned knocks out knocks out their power for a bit. I guess if it's like a really powerful active scan, then I guess it could. Although, also, I like a McCoy's eyebrow game is on point this episode. Yeah, but how's his eye shadow? Uh, fair Never had any complaints with. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think I could cure a rainy day, but <laughs> not mood lighting. All right. So, yeah, everyone's like, is like, oh, uh, mind if I come aboard? And everyone's like, uh, okay, Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I like how the, the ensign in the red shirt walks over and has Kirk sign something. Like, I, all I can imagine is the wither that little pad says, Did you see that shit? He just says yes and then signs it. <laughs> <laughs> I did, in fact, see that shit. Thank you, Captain. Here you go, Ensign. <laughs> uh, so Kirk makes the observation that, well, whatever it is, it believes that it's Abraham Lincoln. So, you know, we'll, we'll treat it like Abraham Lincoln because we don't know what's going on. It hasn't been attacking us, so fuck it. Let's talk to it. That's yeah, what maybe it's do. waiting until it gets in your ship to attack you. Right. So as they're orbiting the planet, they notice that like about a thousand square miles of landscape on this molten ball of rock suddenly just shimmers and turns into Class M capable area. That's trustworthy. It's fine. Look, it's fine. they've made Southern California. <laughs> I think it'll never rain there. Stage, motherfucker. <laughs> well, I mean, Burbank, I guess that is in SoCal. All right. So Kirk wisely orders a security detachment of two skinny white dudes with pistols. Oh, and he tells Scotty to put on a kilt. Yeah. Have All right, Scotty, a free them balls. We've got company coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And air him out, boyo. <laughs> so, yeah, Kirk says, oh, we're going to go meet the president. I want everyone in dress uniform. Last time they're used. Yep. Well, there's so, only a couple uh, episodes left, so. <laughs> so 
So I cut down to uh, and Kirk makes this point of saying like, oh, we're going to treat him with the utmost respect that we would with an, with an American president. So that's what we're going to do, because apparently Lincoln's like a personal hero of Kirk's. We'll go into more of that later. So I cut down the transporter room, which is intensely lilac. And Scotty is just pitching out this poor security guy for no reason. I was like, what the fuck is going on? This is bullshit. Poor security guard's like, look, dude, I'm just doing what the captain says, so just back off. Yeah, he outranks me, so I'm not going to. And then I like how Scotty's like, what a bunch of fucking idiots. And the door opens up and Kirk, you know, uh, McCoy walks in. <laughs> what kind of fucking moron? Oh, hey, McCoy. <laughs> no, no, he's like, McCoy, shouldn't you be smarter than this? Yes, we're in that fucking retarded cap. Oh, hi, Captain. <laughs> <laughs> and Spock, okay. <laughs> so Scotty wisely clams up, and I gotta say, their dress uniforms are kind of cool. I like all the little medals. In the shape of a star. So shiny. Because, you know. Because they're in space. There are stars in space. That's very true, Scott. It all it all works. And in luckily, they're, they're very nice and and, and put a uh, a scanner for Spock to look into in the transporter room. I think that was a new fixture in season three in general. And Leonard Nemo was like, look, I just really like looking at that blue light. You're going to have to get one of those in the transporter room. <laughs> that is the good shit. I believe blue light is supposed to be relaxing. Yeah. <laughs> Kmart's but, aren't. Yeah, when I say blue light special, girl, man, like, it's intense. It's extreme. Extreme savings. <laughs> Shit gets real. Are you, are you okay? No. Okay. <laughs> well, look, we I, got a lot another. How are you? Podcast. Yeah, we got forty minutes of this shit. So buckle in, buckaroo. <sighs> all right, so they got security guys there. They're all in their dress uniform. They're gonna beam aboard the president of space. Yes, space space Abraham Lincoln. Oh, and I think I also... that got away from you. <laughs> Dude, I never... Chick, I never had it to begin with, trust me. One thing I like about uh, the, the Space Ham Lincoln is that as the episode goes on, his makeup gets weirder and weirder and weirder. Because like when he's like... And when he first teleports on, he no, it looks like a normal person. He looks like Abraham Lincoln. Oh, well, you see what it is. This is not like Abraham Lincoln as such. This is a simulation of the corpse of Abraham Lincoln. So from the time it materializes on the deck, it's, you know, decaying. It's, you know. Well, I would agree with you, but he takes off his hat and there's not a massive hole in the back of it. So. Spackle. <laughs> All right. So Abraham Lincoln walks on and they play like the official music and do the little whistle thing that there's an admiral on board or some shit. I don't know, man. Uh, he asks him about taped music, and it's awkward. Like, oh, yeah, I'm in the future. Ooh. Oh, this is so weird. This like, it's awkward. All this writing is awkward. It's awkward, and it's always kind of fanficy. I mean, this 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 smells like fan fiction to me. I mean, because I don't know if you guys ever read like the. It's X-Men. Gene Roddenberry's crossover uh, Lincoln fanfic. Right. That's Why could have this been a slash fic? Well, <laughs> it would have made it more interesting. <laughs> Fair point. Uh, okay, so yeah, they scan him, and yes, he's human. Oh, hi, Doc. Yes, I'm human. 
Derp a derp. Oh, and Scotty did notice that right before he uh, beamed up Lincoln, uh, he appeared to have like a rock-like texture or something, or, or he appeared to be some sort of mineral composite or something. I don't know. That's a weird thing to say about Lincoln. Uh, rock hard Lincoln. That's what they call him. President Lincoln rocks. No. All right, so he's all very affable and friendly and curious and just, you know, nice guy. You know, like, oh, I'll answer any questions that I can. I'm looking forward to learning about you, so I'm just going to be very Lincoln up here. And, oh my God, is this door opening by itself? What sorcery is this? Nope, he just walks through it. Unimpressed. So I do like the little moment that McCoy and Scotty have, like, this is bullshit, right? Oh, oh yeah, this is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, we're all gonna die. We just beamed aboard some alien we don't understand. <laughs> it's living rock. Great. So, boy. Yeah. Okay. Alright, come on, guys. Feel free to jump in anytime with any comedic or insightful comments. <laughs> when there are any, we will. Have we, have we reached Ohura's entrance into the scene? Oh, we're about there, yeah. Because oh, I'm yeah. still just going to skip ahead to that, because that's well, one of the well. most important thing in the whole episode. Uh, yeah, it's pretty in, that's pretty serious business. But we so learned anyway. that Lincoln is being played by Bill Maher. <laughs> Topical! <laughs> All right, so we're on the bridge and are staring down at the planet, that, that, that patch of M-class area, uh, and kind of admiring it. Kirk's having an inner monologue that apparently everyone on the bridge can hear for some reason. <laughs> Um, just saying, well, so he, smells the like <laughs> he smells like Lincoln. He smells like Lincoln. He tastes like Lincoln. He sure, if for an illusion, he sure is convincing. He's exactly how I imagine him to be. And then, uh, you know, he impresses Lincoln with saying exactly how far above the planet they are. And apparently in, in uh, Star Trek, they don't use miles or feet. Well, it'd be kilometers and meters. And... Yeah, I guess so. But apparently they don't use minutes. Yeah. Despite having used it all the time? Scotty, how many hours, how many minutes until we have to blow up? Oh, about 24 minutes. And then, yeah, Lincoln comes on. They're like, oh, we don't use minutes. We're in the future. And Lincoln's like, oh, okay, that's cool. <laughs> don't tell him we use minutes. We'll seem primitive. But really, the important part is, Ohura comes up and goes, hey, Cap'n, uh, Scotty's been waiting on you. Oh, hey, Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> and Lincoln uh, says... Well, let me back it up just a little bit so I can let's see if they actually put it on the uh on the subtitles. Do, 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 do. Measure distances. Okay, great. All right. All right, no, back up, no, too far. Damn it. Yeah, there's so many feet and two point oh four inches above the surface. Okay. Mm. There she is. Oh yes. So am I the one going to say this? Is yes. This, is this what's going to happen? Yes. Do we, do we really need to say it? Well, I mean, for the listeners at home that are kind of, you know, may not be watching this episode, it, it might be interesting. Hey, uh, now, in fairness, it's a word I've never really heard before. Not like this. Is anybody else familiar with this word at all? Yeah, I, I live in the South, of course. <laughs> But you haven't lived in the South for 150 years, though. You don't know There's that. Really He's pretty no old. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, it's the South, so... 
The salvage so, yeah. is about a hundred part of your knee uh, combined with uh, leaving a building. Egress. Yes. But with an N in front of it. Right. So yeah, so 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 Lincoln just says, "Oh my, what a charming person." <laughs> Insert word here. Um, and who like the entire bridge freezes, which is kind yeah, of fantastic. Uh, like, what the fuck, Lincoln? You know, yeah. if you just superimpose Her- a record scratch over that, <laughs> please do it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Kirk's head snaps up. Even like the incident in the background, like pushing jelly beans, just turns around and goes, "Oh shit." <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. That ain't cool. Yeah, Lincoln immediately picks the vibe and goes, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say anything offensive. I I do understand that, you know, in my time, word, you know, things change over time. So I didn't mean to offend you with my words. And Uhura has, like, the coolest, like, response is like, why would I object to it? Words like that don't have any power over me now. (laughs) I kind of get the feeling, though, that Gene Roddenberry wrote that and not Nichelle Nichols. Well... Well, probably the writer of the episode did, but I mean... Gene Roddenberry? Roddenberry? Okay, well then he did then. But the thing is, Nichelle Nichols, if she had a problem with it, do you really think she would have said it? Do you think she would have put up with that shit? Well, if uh, she had Gene's dick in her mouth at the time, maybe. Wasn't he already married to Majel Barrett? Yes, he was, Scott. And that would hit <laughs> <matter> her why? <laughs> have you heard of Gene Roddenberry before? Oh my god. Look, I don't read all the, all the fucking... Slash fiction about him that you guys do. Or biographies. Yeah, yeah slash fiction. <laughs> yeah. Or, I'm, or sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Slash nonfiction. Not well, whatever. Wrong, point yeah. point being, I don't see anybody on this soundstage holding a gun to her head making her say this, is what I'm trying to say. The camera angle Plus, is pretty tight, though. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> So anyway, so Lincoln just kind of well, let's just change gears for one second. I want to talk about this Abraham Lincoln makeup and how fucking terrible it looks in HD. He looks like he's from the Planet of the Apes. Agreed. Like I don't know what prosthetics they've got spirit gum to his face, but the makeup they've used to blend it all in together makes him look like he's been in a tanning salon for a thousand years. Yeah, yeah he does look. He does look like a like a piece of jerky. I mean, you and would he's get... got so much highlighter in his cheeks. Oh my god. You would get cooked a little bit living on a magma planet. Yeah, maybe it's just like a natural tan. Yeah. From magma. Uh-huh. So, yeah, so Hura just kind of rolls with it and goes, oh, we're not scared of words in my day. I mean, it doesn't hurt my feelings any. You know, and he's like, okay, well, I didn't mean to offend. You know, I I mean no disrespect. And Wait, what is like, lava? Is it, it's magma when it's inside the planet. That's right. Sorry. No, it's fine. So, well, at this point, it's like, oh, we've all learned, you know, it's the 24th century. We've all Third, learned to be happy with century. who we are. 23rd century. Yes, you're right. 23rd century. Uh, and, you know, Kurt kind of goes, well, instead of talking about a her, let's move the conversation over here. The Vulcans learned that centuries before we did. Isn't that right, Spock? Hey, Spock, want to jump in the conversation now? <laughs> you want to change the subject, Spock? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so Spock definitely goes, oh, yes, this is now let's talk about Vulcans for a while. Okay. So they share this little philosophical... Yes, yes, of course, on uh, racism against Vulcans, everyone there is used to that. They all work with McCoy. (laughs) All them bunch of of sand Vulcans. Uh, Bunch of desert Romulans. No? Okay. No. All right. Yeah. All right. So anyway, so Lincoln started saying like weird shit like, oh, we have to go down on the planet now. We're going to meet with... um, 
somebody. I don't know who, but there's somebody very important that you want to meet down there. I don't know his name, but I know that for a fact that he'll be there and we'll be okay and you need to meet him. And it's like, okay. And he starts asking questions like, so what powers your vessel? Coal. Yeah, I think that would have been like the best Clean answer. burning like, coal. Yes. <laughs> see, see, you see, Uhura is one of our <laughs> bridge. Never mind, you know. <laughs> no, no, Scott. <laughs> so <laughs> the rest of them are in the shoveling coal in the furnace. Oh, God. Scott, you're going to get us canceled. <laughs> <laughs> so keep going, please. <laughs> finally, after seven and a half years. So, so Uhura finally gets to say what she's been meaning to say after all this bullshit. She goes, look, Captain, just listen for two seconds. Scotty's been waiting in the conference room for two hours on you. You've been just hanging out with your, with your boy Best crush. Bud Lincoln. Yeah. Uh, so Kurt finally shows yeah, up. Yeah, just and, stop chatting and do your damn job. Right. Which is Uhura's main job is to make sure everyone else is doing theirs, it seems like. So she's the secretary. Uh, something happened to Yeoman Rand. <laughs> their hair get her hair got caught in a turbo lift door or something. <laughs> That's a believable story. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So they all kind of convene in the conference room, and everyone's going, "You know this is fucking crazy." Especially McCoy and Scar, like, "You know this is fucking crazy, right? You know he's not real." And da 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 da, they keep going and going and going. And Kurt finally goes, yes, guys, I know it's not real, but he thinks he's Lincoln. He's got all these memories of Lincoln. So there's something clearly here trying to communicate with us in, in a way that we understand. And, you know, this has happened before with us. We, he, we meet aliens all the fucking time to try to find someone to communicate with us. So let's roll with it, treat him like normal, and then just go with the flow. That's what we're here to do. Which actually I mean, we is... treated that Nazi planet like they were Nazis. <laughs> well, yeah, you should always treat Nazis like they're fucking Nazis. Uh, so now they're all concerned, like, well, it's Earth-like down there in that one patch, but what if we beam you down and it's just an illusion and you burn up in lava? And it's like, yeah, but why would he do that? If they wanted to destroy us, I would have done it already. Um, that doesn't really make a great deal of sense, but okay. Well, I think so. If they have the power to, like, alter a huge chunk of their planet instantaneously, I think they could destroy the Enterprise. They're or... clearly up to something. they got lots of power, but they haven't destroyed us immediately. So what threat could they possibly be? <laughs> Well, they're trying to communicate, though. I mean, it's not like they're trying to... I mean, what could they... They're trying to goad them into doing something. Yeah, go down to the planet. What could possibly go wrong with that? <laughs> well, what could go right? You're such a negative Nancy. What'd you call me? You heard me. <laughs> uh, sorry, Nancy American. Sorry. It's even more offensive. <laughs> no, no, it's um a minus American. <laughs> A minus American? Yeah, it's the negative that he's taking offense to. That's their word. Oh. You can't use it. Oh, I see. <laughs> eh. No. That was a paladin joke. Ah, well. I like, so the whole point of this conference is Spot goes, they're clearly trying to trick you to going down the planet. You I'll shouldn't come do with. It. McCoy goes, no, they're clearly trying to trick you. Don't do it. Scotty's like, for fuck's sake, they're trying to trick you. Don't do it. And then Kurt kind of thinks for a second, straightens her shirt and goes, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> I like how Spock at this point is kind of like Chewbacca. And he's just like, fine, I'll go with you. <laughs> Apparently I have a life debt to you for some fucking reason. <laughs> <I'm> like, 
you know, I, I do like how Kirk is just like, look, this is our job. We're out here in the edge of space exploring things. This is what we're here to do. I got to go. I got to go. I have to. I'll go by myself. I don't care. But look, baby, I'll be back tomorrow morning. Then I'll take you to breakfast. I promise. Yeah, we'll go to Shoney's. Was it a breakup dinner? <laughs> <laughs> well, they're not going to be any butt play that night. Let me say that. No butt stuff for Bill Nye. <laughs> Poor Bill Nye. All right, so McCoy's like this close, like confining Kirk to quarters in her medical rule, and then uh, Kirk's like, "You're on the edge of subordination, motherfucker!" And they finally relent and let him go. That seemed a little extreme for Kirk. Yeah, was he just trying to look powerful in front of Lincoln? Well, Lincoln wasn't there. He wasn't in the conference Lincoln room. Was wa- Lincoln was watching. Not in the conference All room. Watching. <laughs> All those pennies you can see through them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say that, like, the more he watches, the taller his top hat gets. <laughs> All right, so they head down to the transport room with Lincoln, uh, Spock, and Kirk. The three of them are going to beam down. Of course, they have tricorders and phasers. You know, they're going to protect themselves. They're not dumb. So they pick a nice shady spot on this patch of planet and beam down. Scotty, being terrible at his job, forgets to beam down the phasers and tricorders. Whoopsie, sorry. I guess I'm in command now. <laughs> <laughs> Time to go what kick fe- Sulu out of the big chair. Yeah. <laughs> what feck you? <laughs> what right. fire phasers? <laughs> what factor phaser? All right, so I down <laughs> on uh, Soundstage the Planet. Vintax 2. I'm just going to call this Vintax 2 because every planet's Vintax It's a nicer soundstage to planet than, you know, planet Armus. Yeah, so one thing I don't understand is they're walking around down here. There's already footprints all in the dirt. So It's very lived in. Yeah, something, something's already happened. And uh, Spock's like, oh, uh, our stuff is gone. And then Kurt goes, oh, shit, my girdle. Oh, no, it's still there. Thank God. It's the same <laughs> soundstage where they staged the moon landing. <laughs> yes. So they get on the communicators, which they still have for some reason, but they just don't work. And now they can't communicate with the ship. <sighs> you know what would be the right thing for the Enterprise to do right now? Leave. I was going to say beam them up, but yeah, leave works too. <laughs> well, we quickly find out that beaming doesn't work either. So this is one of those magical aliens that just, with no explanation, can just make things not work at, at the convenience of the script. Yep. I mean, this is seriously like, this is magic. I ain't got to explain shit kind of thing. So Abraham Lincoln reiterates, I am indeed Abraham Lincoln. Uh, And then, also, as I, I am who I am. And Spock immediately recognizes him as Surak, the greatest who ever lived of our planet. Sure. We'll take your word for that. Wearing a moo moo from 1964. Yeah, I know this is the 60s and all, but that outfit is stunningly hideous. <laughs> yeah, it's distracting. I mean, the little curvy things at the top. It looks and the... so uncomfortable and itchy. <clears throat> yes. So, on a lighter note, we cut up to the bridge where all the systems are failing and everyone's going to die. Zulu's uh, in the chair. He quickly gets kicked out by, uh, by Scotty. It's like, what the feck is going on? Like, no one knows. Everything's broken. No one knows why. No one has an explanation. It's just magic. Fuck. 
There's and no damage. tried rebooting it and it won't work. Yeah. It's like these idiots are trying to repair my computer this weekend. <laughs> Can we fire phases? So Sorak walks up to the to the threesome and says, uh, oh, yeah, I'm Sorak. Live long and prosper and all that Vulcan shit. And Spock is just like, holy crap. Wait a minute, you can't be Sorak. He died thousands of years ago. Like, Live oh, long and prosper, know. image of Sorak. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, I do like it's a snotty goes, thing to say. Yeah, he gets he gets salty with him and goes, Would it hurt you to return the greeting? And <laughs> Spock goes, No, and does it anyway. The logic of passive aggression. Yeah. This is the most like an Enterprise Vulcan that Spock ever gets. Yeah, yeah. I like Sorak though. I like the makeup. I like, you know, the actor. Well, by makeup you just mean eyeshadow. Well, and the ears and I don't know. They're he ears. Yeah, well, simply what you do for every Vulcan. Yeah. yeah, but I mean he's got like his face. His face looks Vulcan to me. The makeup I don't think that's chest. makeup, Scott. <laughs> I think he came with Pretty that. Pretty sure he is wearing makeup, you retard. <laughs> Pretty sure he is. Go on Memory Alpha and look if he has, if Sorak is wearing makeup, he just looks that way all the time. I mean, Nimoy looks that way all the time. Granted, I'll give you that. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, he showed up with his eyebrows already done, and they, and they were like, okay, they just rolled with it. <laughs> All right, so they're kind of getting acquainted with Surox, and there's the four of them there, and suddenly a, a fucking shit demon appears. <laughs> what the fuck else? Suddenly this episode goes to Warp Factor 10. Yeah, this and monster's a choice. So this, this monster, apparently this is like the race of exposition, goes, our world is called Excalbia. Callous who live on that planet are watching. Ooh. Yes, are it turns you ready out for some football. It turns out they've been brought down to star in a new sitcom. Pretty much, Alien Survivor. Oh, <laughs> uh, so again, I mean, this is very slow kind of plotting. The pacing, of this is weird because there's this huge buildup, and we're still building up to what the fuck is going on. We've been, we're like. 40% of this episode, and we're just now getting an idea of what the fuck is going on. All right, so the guy's like, hey, welcome to our planet. You're here now. And uh, Kirk, rightly so, is like, look, we came down here in friendship. We came here to explore and converse, and you took our weapons, you took our means to defend ourselves and our scanning devices. What do you want with us? Uh, we want to be friends. Yeah, <laughs> I was lonely. I mean, look at me. I'm a rock with hair. You know, it seems to me they could have solved some of the pacing problems by skipping the whole Lincoln on the Enterprise thing and, like, basically opening the episode with Kirk and Spock just waking up in this environment and then meeting Lincoln and Sarah. Yeah, yeah. There, there was a lot that could have been rejiggered in this episode. Like, you could do without most of the scenes on the Enterprise. Oh, just... uh, by the way, there were three characters uh, that were world building in this that you hear about later. I forgot. Not just the two. Mm. All right. So, yeah. Uh, so the, the poop monster uh, is like, oh, well, here's here's what you're up against. He clicks his little claws and four characters out of the worst toku I've ever seen in my life come around the corner. <laughs> this is the middle hero shit. <laughs> this is this is crazy. 
All they're missing is Starfish Hitler. Oh. Alright, well, so Poop Monster is like, you may know some of these through history. Genghis Khan! Ooh, Colonel Green, who led the genocidal war in the 21st century of Earth. Socrates! Yeah, Zora, who experimented with the body chemistry of subject tribes on Tiburon. No, not Tiburon! And then Sharks? finally... And then, and then finally... Kalis, the unforgettable. Who? Who? <laughs> you know, Kalis, the unforgettable. Who? Payless? Pay- oh, the shoe store. The shoe's place? No, I'm not talking about the condition of his skin, of shoe leather. I'm talking about... <laughs> Oh my god, this is the word. The Klingon who set the pattern for his planet's tyrannies. There's there's a okay, now at this point there's a lot of shit to uh, to to like unpack. So now the poop monster said, Oh, now I'm gonna let your ship watch. They can't help you, but I'm gonna make them watch because I get And off apparently this is a battle to see whether good or evil is stronger. Yeah. Oh my god, this episode. <laughs> okay, so which- so they want to have a contest between good and evil to see which would prevail in order to learn about good and evil, which they don't understand. But in order to select characters of good and evil, they would have to have some kind of understanding of their concepts of good and evil. <laughs> don't laugh, it's not funny. Oh my god. It is when you it say it all funny. at once. Yeah, when you say it that way. Which yeah. explains... And apparently one of the earlier uh, drafts had uh, Hitler in the evil group. Oh, not the good one? <laughs> I'm shocked. See, that'd be the funnier thing. If Kirk and Spock got stuck with, like, Genghis Khan and Kalos. Well, now, in fairness, if they're for Voyager, Janeway would have been on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, this is going to, like, the... Well, you clearly know good and evil because you just pitted two groups that are one's good, one evil. So you clearly have some notion of what they are and how to, like, you know, divide them out. You have a metric already. You can't claim you don't know what good and evil is. No, they still use the miles and inches. It's still uh, imperial. <laughs> oh, this is so dumb. I don't think I've been like, <laughs> I won't go into my Adam and Eve apple thing of good and evil, but whatever. Uh so, yeah, so survival and death. So I'm going to learn what's more powerful, good or evil, when you two groups fight to the death. Okay. If good is the... stronger, you will murder all of these people in cold blood. Right, exactly. With sharpened sticks and rocks. This is the dumbest thing. So Kurt, I'm surprised Kurt didn't just like unload on this guy. He wasted the end of the episode for like two seconds, but we'll get to that. <laughs> So yeah, the rock monster's like, well, fight or don't. Either way, you're, you know, if you don't fight back, you're gonna die. So that's it. In a, so. in in essentially, this is like a retread of the episode Arena, except the Gorn has been replaced with Genghis Khan. Pretty much, yeah, it's the same same concept. We want to learn about your two species, so we're gonna pit you against each other in a fight. Yeah, yeah. It's same same premise, same exact premise. So now the General Green, now because he's mentioned in like some of the Colonel novels. Green. Colonel Green, yeah, thank you. Colonel Green. See, you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's like mentioned in novels and stuff. And I think he was even mentioned like Voyager at some point when they went back to like the 90s or 21st century or something. Something like that. I don't think so. I don't think so. I thought they mentioned him at some point like in the mainstream Star Trek 
TV verse. You really have to pay attention to Voyager to remember that. Yeah. See, there's your problem. <laughs> well, fried my it's brain. a big problem. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's just funny, though, because the only people who are real here are Kirk and Spock. So it's not even like a fair fight. And the rock guy. Well, I mean, is he real? It's a bit of rock. They're not real people. No. Bunch of igneous idiots. Uh, okay, so yeah, the rock monster goes. Okay, let me let me break it down even further for you idiots. <laughs> you can create weapons out of anything, and then you fight and you kill the other side. That's how this goes. So Kirk, you know, as he is wanting to do, goes well. Okay, let's not- see. He was mentioned. Let's see. He was uh, in Enterprise. Yeah. Uh, no mention of him being mentioned at all in Voyager. Yeah, maybe it was Enterprise then. An illustration of him apparently appeared uh, in The Big Goodbye from uh, Next Generation. Hmm. And that's it. Okay. It was probably Enterprise I was remembering then. Uh, so anyway, so uh, he says, yeah, so that's what it is. This is a death match. Go for it. I pick you idiots to team up with two pacifists versus like the, some of the worst warlords in history. <laughs> Have fun. And then rock guy goes, bye. And turns back into a rock. <laughs> I like how they look over the, 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 the four evil people are just like, like staring at them. Like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you look at that. It's like captain, they can hear you. They're like 15 feet away. <laughs> oh boy. This is an awful so, episode, and I feel bad that we did it. Yeah, I feel bad that I picked it, but... Well, okay, like, yes, you it's should. It's armor hero, at least. No, you should feel bad that you picked it, but at the same time, we all looked at the same thing and agreed this looked like a good episode to do, so, I mean, we're all at fault here. Yeah. Mostly Especially, you, though. Yeah. I think this is... Uh, Colonel Green, I think, is interesting. He walks over to Kurt and goes, Hey, buddy, pal, um... You know, I don't have any quarrel with you. I don't have any problem with you. Clearly, the rock monster's the bad guys. We should team up and 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 attack him. And he seems very friendly and very reasonable. I and guess it's like, more believable than Kalos or Genghis Khan going over and trying that. Right. So he's like, "Look, let's just team up." And even my my associates over there, they agree with me. We'll just team up, and it'll be eight of us versus the rock monster. So you know, we can uh, we can just uh, work together on this, right? So he kind of pulls Kirk away from the rest of the group, and he's talking with him, I think. And Kirk goes, "Huh, history really has you being a real dick." And Colonel Green's <laughs> like, "Well, history, history does shit like that, you know." And uh, Kirk's like, "Well, you know, what do you remember? Where were you before you were here?" And he's like, "Oh, I don't remember. That's weird." <laughs> but I want to go back. Yeah. <laughs> so and then the conversation goes on. Okay, okay. There's just there's there's a lot of dialogue in this episode, and none of it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So eventually Kirk says something to the effect oh, of... Now, if you're going to have this dialogue be a dis- be the distraction, at least make it interesting. Right. So that's what Kirk says. Like, well, you're notorious for, you know, sneak attacking your enemies while you're having a dialogue with them. <laughs> it's like, well, that's not true. And they look around and the bad guys are gone. <laughs> oh, huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you say? I guess they, I guess they were looking to have Hitler on here because he'd be like, you know, trying to check to see if people are circumcised or not. Gross. So 
Yes. What's Hitler looking at their junk? Uh, not me. I don't think anybody ever did. I think it was one of the problems. So suddenly a melee ensues. So, oh, for God's sakes. So Spock is trying to beat up some alien woman, and even though he's a Vulcan who's twice as strong as any human, he can't beat up like this cave woman. Well, maybe the cave woman's twice as strong as Vulcan. Maybe. Um, and then we'll get Abraham Lincoln being attacked by Kalis the Unforgettable. I thought he was being now, attacked by Genghis Khan. Woman. It's hard to tell since they're both in blackface. The cave woman counts like Deanna Troy if she was a caveman. Ooh, that's kind of hot. Mmm, stone punk. <laughs> <laughs> so that's basically, that's what the Flintstones were, stone punk. <laughs> is that actually a thing? Do not Google that. Okay. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so somehow the good guys, like, physically beat away the bad guys who would then run away. Whoop, 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 they beat whoop. them off. Yeah, they all they beat off all the bad guys with their fists. Oh my god. So he's like, oh, there were illusions. And Link's like, yeah, well, for an illusion, it sure it hits pretty hard. I remember how to wrestle. Ha ha ha. Yeah. I my clothes are a little rumpled though. Yeah. Scandalous. I bet they, I bet they got rumpled. <laughs> Link Oh, yeah. So Rock Monster appears and goes, oh, well, you know, you could have taught us something, but instead you were dicks and didn't kill them. That's <laughs> <laughs> like literally what the guy says, like, well, you guys suck because you didn't kill those bad guys. And Kirk's like, motherfucker, karate chop. <laughs> oh, wait. Yeah, you're Hell a my hand. rock creature. That's right. You're a rock creature that's about 700 degrees. Right. Now, in fairness, Kirk did fuck a horta that one time. <laughs> a whore, not horta. Oh, I must have misread that. Sorry. <clears throat> so, so it's like, oh, well, uh, apparently I can't get you to kill those people, so I'm going to have to raise the stakes. So go, go ahead and call your ship. Hey, Enterprise, what's going on? Scotty's like, oh, crap, we're all going to fucking die in exactly four hours. Well, okay, so no, but some... like you're missing the best part of this, which I think we have to latch on to because there is so few of these. Sure. Uh, he's calling up to the ship, and her is trying to get Scotty to pick up the phone, but Scotty oh, is yes. just ignoring Kirk's call for like five minutes. Okay, no, no, you're right. You're totally right. I, I apologize for missing that. Because Scotty's talking, Scotty's in the captain's chair talking to an engineer and going, why don't you fix it? Have you tried unplugging it? Could you turn the knob 90 degrees to 1? Turn the power to 11. Okay, don't do that. Okay, unplug the safety drive, put it back in. So he's there going on and talking to engineering, trying to keep the ship from blowing up. And her's like, uh, Scotty, uh, the captain's on the phone. Uh, the captain, who we couldn't contact before, whose life's in danger is down on the planet. You, you want to talk to the Kirk? You want to talk to Kirk? In spite her. Oh my god. To be fair, he is trying to keep the ship he's uh, commanding from blowing up. Right, right. It's still funny though. <laughs> yes, that I yeah, you're right. That is fucking hilarious. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Put him on hold. <laughs> <laughs> he's not going anywhere. And I like how he says, uh, this guy down in engineering says, oh, uh, Scotty, you know, uh, we won't get about four hours till it blows up. And then he tells Kirk, oh, I estimate that's about four hours until we blow up. Motherfucker, you didn't estimate anything. You got told that. And, and Scotty takes credit for other people's work, too. So he's but a boss, the, is what you're saying. The poop, yeah, well, that's what it's like. <laughs> um, luckily, Poop Monster goes, no, he's right. It's going to be four hours and your ship's going to blow up. So, uh, 
Either you fight to the death or I blow up your ship. So now will you go kill some motherfuckers? <laughs> what else do I have to do to get bloodlust going in you, man? Come on. So now here's an interesting bit. So uh, Kirk is like, Scotty, you know, like, well, he has him in communication. It's like, eject the warp core uh, and. No, uh, eject the nacelles. Eject the nacelles if you get a chance, which means the, the warp nacelles are detachable. That's awesome. Well, they had to be attached in the first place, so. Yeah, but I mean, they can, like, jettison them. That's so cool. Obviously, it's not That's... something they really want to do very much, though. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense, honestly, because the cells themselves, don't, uh, the, the nacelles don't really do anything. I mean. Well, the understanding of the science at this point in writing Star Trek, they do. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, see, the nacelles have the spinny things. <laughs> Therefore, they make the ship go. <laughs> Thank you, Fort Packlid. So even even uh, even Space Ham Lincoln is kind of like, well, James, uh, war has been put upon us. Looks like we got to go kick some ass. (laughs) I mean, why not, right? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, the remastered version special effects is gorgeous. Yes, but around this point in the episode, Lincoln's makeup is really not looking so good anymore. No, he looks terrible. It's like they're putting more and more on. He keeps getting darker and darker. At one point, he like holds up his hands, and he's dark as the Klingon. It's weird. <laughs> so they just keep caking it on him or something. The Lincoln keeps sliding off his face, and they just keep patching it back up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is shiny, though. So I get over to the bad guys, and uh, they're like sharpening spears from bamboo and shit, and they're getting ready to go, and Kales has apparently been scouting and going, like, they haven't even made spears yet. We could go kill them now. Colonel Green's like, not with just spears. We have to do more. We need more of an advantage. (laughs) Uh, I'm an evil general or colonel. In red pajamas. Yeah, I mean, that was the style at the time. So Lincoln, uh, so we cut back to the the good guys. I mean, it includes Kirk and Spock. Lincoln is trying to convince him. It's like, look, even if we kill them, they're just illusions, like I am. So it doesn't really matter, does it? It's not like it's immoral to kill constructs. Wait, this sounds like a song by Sting. How does it go? We are all illusions and moral constructs and material world and oh, just spirits in a material world. Yeah, that's it. Oh, okay. So uh, Kurt climbs up some paper mache and goes, "This looks like a base," and then he does the most <laughs> exaggerated hippity hoppity <laughs> down the rocks. Dude, it's a staircase. You don't have to jump like you're leaping off a waterfall. This will totally bear base, guys. <laughs> have a little fort, have a sign that says no girls allowed. It'll be awesome. This is Kirk. It would have all the girls, say all <laughs> girls allowed. Well, I mean, it all would have a herald. Oh, boy. So then, like, Abraham Lincoln's, like, really trying to suck up to Kirk. He goes, oh, you remind me of Ulysses S. Grant. And Kirk kind of gets a, uh-huh, look in his face. Uh, you remind me of some of someone, and, the, and it's like, do you drink? You remind me of this person. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I like original series, like, shading Ulysses Grant back in the 60s. Yeah. Kirk, are you an alcoholic slave owner? Well, I mean, she was Orion. Does that count? <laughs> it wasn't alcohol. It was just a roofie. Yeah. It was a hypospray. I mean, that's like, that's a prescription, right? It's not real drugs. 
All right. So they go over and go. And so Kirk's like, well, I'm tired of talking to you, Abraham Lincoln. I'm going to talk to Surak for a while. So then Surak gets his moment of soliloquy where he talks about how he got peace on his world on Vulcan trillions of years ago or whatever. Yes, we get it. Vulcans are great. Yeah. We and saw our, our, our first uh, people who we were talking to, we set over to discuss uh, peace, got peace. killed. <laughs> so we sent others. And eventually. There were so many corpses, they just gave up. <laughs> they were tired of killing us. They were exhausted. <laughs> so I sent my men because I knew those robots had a preset kill limit. <laughs> and that's how we made friends with the Tellarites. <laughs> Piggy bastards. <laughs> oh my god. No, I think they were describing the history of civil war on Vulcan, though. Uh, yeah, they, they were. They were. That was yeah, before the, the Tellarites. That was before the Romulans left, obviously. Yeah. Uh, so now I do think this is interesting how I think Surak makes the point. It's like, okay, well, all this is a test. So it's the test of good and evil. So maybe the test is we don't fight. We prove our morals being greater. We don't. Maybe that's part of the game is we don't follow the rules and we follow our own morals and and don't fight back. I mean, maybe that will prove us right and we'll win that way. Which this I think is the worst D and D campaign ever. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I want to disagree with you, but that's pretty spot on. I've been around the table when this kind of conversation is going on. Maybe it's not really a spike trap. Maybe it's just an illusion. And then you spend fucking forty five minutes talking about disarming a fucking trap in a dungeon where you could just do it and get it over with. That's what this whole episode is. This is like the, the, the gamers talking about a problem for an hour without actually doing anything. Yeah. Sucks. All right. So Sarek just finally goes, no, I'm not going to hurt anybody. I just can't do it. It's against my moral code. Meanwhile, Spock's all like, well, Captain knows I'll kill for him. Yo, yeah, I'll kill a bitch in a heartbeat. <laughs> anything for Jim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. Spock is pretty quick to go, oh, yeah, I'd snap someone's neck without even thinking about it. <laughs> Done it before. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I will mind control someone from across a room. Which, apparently, I won't use that power now for some reason. But whatever. Uh, okay, yes, sir. Yes, we're very peaceful. We fucking get it. Okay. Yeah, this is where he says, well, maybe it's the belief in peace that's being tested. Which I thought was, you know, pretty hard, I guess. So that would almost work as a whole point to the episode, except, except it's it doesn't. so minor in the scale of everything that's going on. Right. Right, so sorry, just basically goes, well, I'm going to go talk to him, and you know, if I get killed, well, that's fine. I die by my own my own morals and everything. Uh, but if I, if I win, then yeah, we win. We succeed, no bloodshed. So i got to go do what I'm going to do. And Kirk's like, okay, good luck with that. Uh, so Surik walks across the soundstage, apparently right in front of the worst camera. <laughs> because there's like this one scene where he's like grainy, like it's like vacation footage. Terrible. Yeah, they remastered this from the 8mm. <clears throat> from a snuff right, film. Well, well you're, getting, you're getting ahead of things here. All right. <laughs> All right, so Surak sees him kind of like all skittering amongst the rocks, so he just kind of keeps walking forward. Um, Colonel Green's like, well, let's at least listen to him. Maybe he has something, you know, maybe we'll gain some intel from him or something. Just let him talk. Oh, boy. I come in peace. I come in peace. Shoot to kill. Shoot to kill. 
Okay, yeah, no, if you want to call it surrendering, that's fine. I'm just saying I'm not going to fight. I'm a pacifist, so whatever you're going to do, do it. I don't care, you know, that that's what we're doing. So, of course, the colonel, thinks this, of course the colonel thinks this is some sort of trick and a distraction, which it actually isn't. But it would be smart if it were, but it's not. And I do love how the uh, Enterprise, now they're up on the bridge, they can watch what's going on. They get the same camera angles we do, which is fantastic. <laughs> So they have like like villain cam, which is just this apparently microscopic invisible camera that floats at eye level. <laughs> okay, all right, yes, peace versus war. Oh my god. So yeah, the colonel's like, well, what do we get if we surrender? Well, I think is, what are you going to get if you win? You're like not even real. Colonel fights for gain. Okay, so we, he's definitely an American. He's definitely a capitalist. Oh, boy. Okay. Common causes to survive. So that's the best way to survive is together. Oh, my God. We can do it together, guys. You said it. Your, you said this thing yourself before when you were in the middle of uh, trying to trap us. <laughs> yeah, but that was all a trick, though. He didn't actually believe any of that. Even though he was right, he didn't believe it. So he's kind of a double fuck himself. <laughs> Uh, so he sends, so Colonel Green sends the, uh, sends Kaless and Genghis Khan, of the things I say, um, <laughs> around the corner to basically like flank Surak and take him from behind. He sends Kaless oh. and Genghis Khan to the corner to get some smokes and drinks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that fancy shit. I want Bud Light. So back on the good guy camp, now there's three of them and they're sharpening bamboo into pointy sticks. Which is kind and of dis- oh, help me. It's Spock, disappointing though, because like Kirk specifically asks, "Hey Spock, didn't Vulcans used to make boomerangs?" Yes. It's like, oh yeah, sure did. Are you gonna do that now? No. No. <laughs> He's not an. Well, Spock isn't an ancient Vulcan. <clears throat> Their ancient Vulcan left. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so, yeah, so Sorak starts yelling at, Oh, help me, Spock, I've fallen, and my pants fell down around my ankles. Oh, no! Whatever shall I do? Kirk's really distressed by all this, and Spock's just standing there like, Eh, whatever. It's probably not him. He wouldn't cry out. Well, yeah, and Spock is absolutely right. He's like, well, of course it's a fucking trick, you idiots. <laughs> I mean, what am I, referring by children? Of course it's real. And, and Kirk starts like, Oh, we better go save him. It's like, that's not even him. He's a Vulcan. He's not going to cry out like that, even if he's being tortured. <laughs> but Spock, he's oh. in agony. And, and, and that's, I was surprised, like, Spock just didn't, like, rub his temples, you know, <laughs> rub, rub the bridge of his nose and go, oh, God, I but, hate Well, it's like so hearing much. a baby crying. You just got to shut it up. You got to shake it until it stops. <laughs> uh, whether he's a Vulcan or not, he's in agony. And Spock's like, no, he isn't. I think we already, like, covered the fact that it's not actually him. <laughs> Kirk's not listening. <laughs> mm-hmm. Good lord. Oh, yeah, Kirk's like Marty McFly in this. He's like, you know, don't call him chicken or he'll just do what you want him to. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody calls me chicken. Yeah, it's the theme of the episode. Like, Kirk doesn't listen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, actively. He says, oh, you want me to go left? Well, I'm going to go right then. Fuck you. So... Abraham Lincoln continues his de-evolution into Dr. Zaius. 
And him holding that twig with the one leaf on it is not helping the case. <laughs> <laughs> he, is, he is going full chimpanzee. Look at him. Oh my God. Look at his hand. He's so dark. What happened? <laughs> Uh, it's like what is it, the, the 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 dye from his suits bleeding on his skin? What is going on? I'm telling you, when these aliens made this Lincoln from the Enterprise's data, the first thing they read was, "Well, he's dead." They, they just made an animate Lincoln corpse. Uh, well, the three of them, Spot Kirk and Abraham Lincoln, Space Abraham Lincoln, uh, are trying to figure out what to do about this. And Lincoln finally convinced him, "It's like, well, if we're gonna fight, we got to fight dirty." That's the only way we're going to do We have to match their evil, but we got to win. I mean, because it's our lives on the line. So I know you don't like it, but we got to fight. Okay, yes. He yeah, says we... to the guys who have been preparing a bunch of spears. Uh, right, right. No, those are just defensive, defensive weapons. Spears. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Lincoln starts remembering how he sent hundreds of thousands of people to their death in the Civil War. Okay, all right. Boo-hoo. Oh my god. Okay. Yes. Yep. Okay. Yeah, Lincoln's he's the mm. boss now. You're gonna follow his orders because he's such a great leader. Okay, great. He's such a great uh, leader, he got a hundred thousand people killed. Yeah. No, he's such a great leader, he got the, he got them to die for him. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, that was his plan all along, by the way. I mean he just had a personal grudge against all of those people. <laughs> Uh, all right, so Spock and Kurt walk up with a bunch of spears and they start start tossing them like underhanded towards them. So the plan I don't think is that's Abraham... how spear throwing works. Well, it is when they do it. So <laughs> the plan is Abraham Lincoln's going to sneak around the back and try to free Surak because they assume he's captured. So they're going to make a big distra- distraction. Abraham Lincoln's going to go around and get Surak. Okay, so they're throwing rocks and spears at each other. And you know. This- Spock's this goes a, on for an hour and a half. You know, Spock should really be like the ringer here. One would think. Because with, you know, his enhanced Vulcan strength and all, he should be throwing those spears right through those rocks. That would be a slight exaggeration. Slight, perhaps. But he's also throwing <laughs> stones, which, you know, should start making craters and things. Craters, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there should be sonic booms as he's throwing those rocks so fast. I'm just saying Spock should be a lot more effective than he is. No, I completely agree. That's one thing that was annoying me as I was watching this episode. Is like he was like wrestling with like these other characters. I'm like, whatever. All right, so now, the Abraham- Klingon, okay, yeah, I could understand going to the Klingon going toe to toe with him, but right, right, Genghis Khan, uh, right. Well, he's very tall, you know. Yeah, because you know those uh, those Mongolians are known for their incredible height. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the world's greatest basketball players are Mongolian. <laughs> so Abraham Lincoln gets to Sorak and realizes, oh, shit, he's dead. And that's when Colonel Green and Genghis Khan come around, or Kalis, I don't know. Kalis comes around the corner like, oh, we have you now, Lincoln. And then apparently Kalis is a perfect mimic. He could do Sorak's voice and he could do Abraham Lincoln's voice. I hate this episode so much. <laughs> Apparently, that is Kalis. Is that that's why he was unforgettable. He was the the Klingon's greatest ventriloquist. Yeah, because when he's uh, imitating Lincoln, his mouth movements don't even match the words coming out. No, that's how good he is. <laughs> I bet so you can drink a cup of water the... too. <laughs> and with his hand up the ass of a small person. 
right. <clears throat> so Lincoln comes around the corner with a spear in his back and falls over dead. The rest of them, so the four, all attack just Kirk and Spock. Okay, well, three of them. Colonel Green stays back. So now it's three on two, and they still manage to get their ass kicked by Kirk and Spock, which I do not understand. What is going on here? What is, what is the point of this? Yeah, so like it appears Spock kills <clears throat> Kalis. Well, he's fighting Genghis Khan right now. Okay, and they're wrestling over a stick. It's my stick. No, it's my stick. And the poop monster is just standing over there like, oh, this is juicy. <laughs> so, yeah, Kirk jumps on Genghis Khan's neck and, like, snaps his neck with a stick, apparently. Oh, no, he gets up and runs away. So the chick runs away early on. Genghis Khan runs away because he was known as a great coward. I think Kalos, I think Kalos appears to get killed. Yeah, so now it's Kirk versus Colonel Green. Colonel Green's, like, <laughs> swiping at him with a pointy stick. Which eventually uh, Kirk just grabs his arm and reverses and kind of forces him down. I think you're supposed to think the spear pierced him from the back while he was holding it. Maybe? I guess? Like, I think that's right. the intent of it, but it's just not shown well. Yeah, so, okay, so now the poop monster's like, oh, well, you guys win. Uh, the other ones ran away, so... Okay. You won, but you still failed because we can't tell any difference still. Yeah, you use the same methodologies between your philosophies, so as far as we're concerned, they're exactly the same. Okay, look here, motherfucker. <laughs> okay, first of all, you know, Kirk, pissed, as he should be, is like, look here, you set up the rules for this, it's not our fucking fault. And and so Kirk goes, well, what did you offer them? He's like, oh, I offered the bad guys power, because that's what they wanted. Uh-huh, and what did you offer us? Oh, the, the safety of your crew. Well, there's your fucking difference. <laughs> to which the rock monster goes, Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, good point. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> like, that's literally the point of the episode. He says, I perceive. And then that's it. That was it. <laughs> that was literally it. This episode was terrible. Kurt, Kurt kind oh, of yeah. yells at him a little bit more just for good measure, which, again, he deserves. It's like, what well, gives you the right to do this? And there's other ways to learn about people. And then Walmart just goes, well, no, it's just the way we do it. And Kurt just kind of goes, fine, whatever. Let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I am done. I am done skis. I am done rings. Let's go. It's so let's, dumb. Let's never watch original series again. <laughs> so, yeah, that was it. So because the bad guys ran away. Twice. Not the first day. The rock monster didn't say anything the first time the bad guys ran away. But the second time, then it mattered. And then Kirk had to go, uh-huh, and you offered them what? You offered us what? There's your difference. And the rock monster goes, oh, yeah, okay, thanks. So stupid. So they get back up the ship. Everything's fine. Everything's working fine. No explanation. Magic bullshit everywhere. And the computer's finally rebooting. <sighs> <laughs> But it has a stupid rattling in one of the fans and on the consoles. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. See, you see Aurora kind of kicking it with her boot. <laughs> <laughs> so Spock goes on this little thing. It's like, so these aliens can recreate and recombine matter at the molecular level instantaneously, can scan our minds and our ships, create all these images, and they still needed us to like figure out basic morality? What the hell? Even, and, like, had even do, and had to do it by putting on a uh, by a fight to the not really death instead yeah, of just asking us. Right. 
Even Spock can't comprehend the bullshit that is this episode. <laughs> yeah. I like how Kirk Kirk is pretty circumspect about it, though. He's like, eh, yeah, but I got to meet Abraham Lincoln. That was kind of cool. <laughs> you got to meet your imagined, idealized version of Abraham Lincoln. It's like, I'm And what Kirk. more could he ask for? I met God and I was unimpressed. Do you think I'm going to be impressed by <laughs> Abraham Lincoln? Imagine Star Trek Nemesis, except it's God. a clone of Kirk. Ugh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this episode gave me gas. So, yeah, they're like, all right, well, we're done with this planet. They don't put down war- uh, warning buoys. They don't, like, <laughs> log that this planet is full of insane people. They just leave. What they should do is come back and pour a bunch of water on the planet. <laughs> Redirect some comments to hit it. Yeah. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Start terraforming that motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, that are like, no, I actually like my idea of dropping a bunch of Horda eggs on it and see what happens. Or maybe just like send an anonymous note to the Klingons. Hey, there's some <laughs> important stuff here. Yeah, the Federation has a has a dilithium mining facility that's unguarded there. <laughs> and just see like, what happens. Yeah, that would be awesome. So, yeah, uh, so it was 50 minutes of buildup for, like, two minutes of, oh, here's the lesson we learned. Okay, bye. <sighs> Thanks, hey, Mickey. <laughs> I'm sorry. You should be. At least you got to do the summary and not me. <laughs> oh, God, I hate all of you both for that. <laughs> like, all of you. Except for Max. That's just because you're Yay. afraid of Fort Max. It's not, well, only a little. <laughs> well, only enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're all afraid of Fort Max enough. Yes. All right. So that was uh, season three, episode 22, The Savage Curtain. Now, series. what was The Savage Curtain? That's a very good question. <laughs> <sighs> There was nothing savage, and there was no curtain, and there's no even a, there's not even a metaphor for this episode. There's no metaphor. So, what do we do I next week? It wasn't week? like where, I mean, it's not like in Truth Is There No Beauty where they friggin' title dropped it. <laughs> they did. Yeah, I don't know. So that was... I mean, we got to see Sorok, we got to see Colonel Green, we got to see Kayla. No, no, the image of Sorok. But they, they put him in, in Star Trek canon. That's what I'm saying. They, they did some world building with this, which I thought was interesting. Um, but man, not worth it. Not worth it. The poop monster was pretty cool. I like how it had the, like, the multiple glowing eyes that lit up when he talked, because that makes sense. <laughs> Just like computers glow with the rhythm in which they speak in their mechanical voice. I wish mine did that. Your poop monster? Or my computer, either one. Oh. If you eat enough batteries, it will. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what are we watching uh, for next week? How about some original series? No. <laughs> Maybe we should pick like kind of a slow, boring episode and make me do all the talking for 45 goddamn minutes. I like this plan. <laughs> Shit. What do y'all think about doing a duet from DS9 season one? Duet. Wait, didn't we already? No, we didn't do that one. Uh, is that the one with um, Kira and the Cardassian prisoner? Prisoner. Yes. Have you actually watched that one ahead of time? 
I watched the first half of it today. It was good. Is okay. it fun to talk about? I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. We're just going to make Scott do the summary anyway. <laughs> no, see, I was about to say XV. If he's picking another one, he's got to talk. He can't be picking them and then making me talk about them. He's not, he's not making you talk about them, Scott. I am. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> And to be fair, I'm just really kind of suggesting it because it's the last thing I watched. So, <laughs> oh, okay, that's good. Yeah, you want to you want to base all your your uh, all your policy on the on the last thing that you looked at. That's great. You should see how I do laundry. <laughs> uh, I'm first of all, I'm shocked that you even do laundry. <laughs> well, we know Ben sure doesn't. That's true. Ben doesn't need to. <laughs> Uh yeah, I don't know this episode at all. This is I'm going to this one blind. I have no clue. If I watch gangs, what hmm? rape gangs? Well, I'm always up for a good rape gang. I don't think there's a is rape it, gang in this episode. Is it only completely failed colony? It was a completely failed internment camp. Well, those are even better because this started off shitty. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what this episode's about, so I don't know. I'm looking at it on Memory Alpha and it does not ring a bell. I don't know if it's discussable or not, but I was enjoying watching it. <laughs> not really instilling me a sense of confidence. Yeah, see, that's that the, that's really the... meant to instill you a confidence. Yeah, see, that's the thing. When I pick episodes, it's usually because I enjoy watching them. It's not based on any merit of being discussable. <laughs> <laughs> that's a very good point. Maybe we should not do this episode. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to pick an XV episode. Actually, I picked the last terrible episode, and someone else has jumped to pick a terrible episode. Well, for what about that? Okay, Fort Max, one. it's up to you. Save us, Fort Max. You're our only hope. <laughs> I'm going to. Then I'd end up picking something random because I haven't watched much Star Trek beyond what we've, what we've done on this show. Fort Max, don't take this question the wrong way because you know I love you, but, like, why are you here? <laughs> did you lose a bet <laughs> is, this, is this part of your penance for something that you've done terrible in your life yes it, it's called superhero time <laughs> <laughs> is, is, this, is this my court mandate that you're here <laughs> I mean, do you have to wear like a like an orange like vest or something while you're doing this show? <laughs> oh, how do I get some of that? Action? I could I would rock an orange vest. I can imagine you would rock a bright orange vest. You know what? You you uh no, never mind. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I wore my brightest orange shirt when we met that time. Yeah, I know. I couldn't hear you because your shirt was too loud. <laughs> I love that shirt so much. You should have looked for a more orange shirt. <laughs> So true story, me getting that shirt, I was in a store one day, not even looking at the clothes, but this like intense orange glow struck me as I walked into the store. (laughs) I just like went straight for it and found that shirt at the other end. And now you're protected from hunters. (laughs) That's kind of important around here, actually. What about doing the Royale? Did we not do that one? I don't think uh, we did. Is that wait? Is that the one where like the aliens based it off that novel that Ashton yeah. had? Oh, yeah. that's a weird one. That might be discussable. 
It might be. It might be a little slow though. I seem to recall it being kind of slow and plotting. I mean, well, like I said, it's been fucking twenty five years. But weird. It. Weird is good. Oh, very weird. Yes, agreed. What about the game? Well, it's a Wesley episode. How do you feel about that? I'm okay with it. I don't care. Wesley puts them all in a VR D&D game. <laughs> oh, that one. That one was weird, too. So, is it a holodeck trying to kill someone episode? No. It's got Ashley Judd. Well, it's, more like, it's more like an Oculus Rift trying to kill everybody. So, he made his own holodeck. Yeah, that you wear in your face. Basically, the... Rosa? Basically, no, I don't like that one. Um, basically, the game is the episode where Wesley saves the Enterprise from the dangers of VR gaming. Yeah. That pretty much that's, is the summary of the plot. That's topical. Yep. You know what? Let's do that one. Let's do that one. TNG. Season 5? I Sure. I think. And this is which episode? The, the game. game. If you give me just a minute, I will find specifically uh, Season 5, Episode 6. Yep. That is some CG. uh, It certainly is. (laughs) It certainly is. The remaster stayed pretty faithful on that. Oh, yeah, there was a... Yeah, who was that chick? Ashley Judd, is that what you said? Yeah, that's Ashley Judd. Hot. She's yeah, this is this is superstar. This is the episode where Wesley gets to bang Ashley Judd. Yeah. Six. All right. All right. Next week, TNG. Good TNG. Ah, so I'm reading notes about this. Wheaton fondly remembered working with Judd, noting that he was Judd's first on-screen kiss. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Well, at Dragon Con 2011, Brent Spider recalled that during the production of the episode, the scene where Data is deactivated by Dr. Dr. Crusher and falls down onto a biobed, Spider actually hit the bed so hard he cut his chin and had to go to the hospital. <laughs> After returning to After the set, director, to the Corey set Allen. director Corey Allen immediately asked Spider to do the scene again. <laughs> oh, that reminds me of a fun behind-the-scenes story from Star Wars. Remember Does the it involve blood? Remember the scene Empire Strikes Back where like Luke is hanging from the bottom of Cloud City and yeah. he like drops down onto the Falcon? Yeah. Yeah. Apparently they actually filmed him dropping like fifteen feet onto a, a Falcon set like fifteen times. Oh Jesus. And, and then, then they cut, cut it, it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also that scene in Yoga's hut where he bangs his head. Yeah. He did that like a whole shitload of times too. And he's actually banging his head for real every time. Deco all his bullshit to film in. <laughs> well, yeah, snakes got, got in his pants. <laughs> because oh. they put snakes on the set. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I remember like he like picked up one or somebody picked up yeah. one and moved it out of the way. Yeah, I remember that. Good thing Indy wasn't there. Why did it have to be snakes? Could have been crystal skulls. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, let's, yeah, time to nuke the fridge. Don't have Shia LaBeouf swing through trees like Tarzan. God. Has he gone yet? Because I haven't heard anything about him in a long time. What, Shia? Uh, he became like James Franco weird and kind of just drifted away. Ah, good. Floated away on his own his own arrogance. I want to say arrogance. I'd say weirdness. Yeah. Well, see, I can I can respect James Franco because he actually like you know went to school, got all the like, degree and all these edu- all this education stuff. So eh, 
I'll grudgingly give him a pass. But Shia was a Shia, Disney sitcom star. But Shia LaBeouf, I just, I don't even know what the fuck's up with that guy. I just remember that James Franco was in Spider-Man 3. Well, yeah. Well, that just his... take him down a peg in your eyes. <laughs> but he did a good job at it, though. No, he did not. <laughs> he, I implore he... you to rewatch Spider-Man 3. Oh, I don't want to. Don't make me do that. <laughs> remember the scene where he's disco dancing down the street because he's evil? Well, yeah, that wasn't James Franco, though. No, I'm just saying the movie as a whole. Oh, no, the movie was just <laughs> ass butt. The movie was just insultingly bad. But uh, uh, James Franco looked like he was at least enjoying himself when he was doing it. The best thing James Franco ever did was marry his pillow in 30 Rock. I don't remember that. <laughs> he had a Japanese love pillow named Kumiko. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, well. Yeah, all right, good. Okay, so um, the game next week. The game. Yes. Uh, so have you guys been keeping up on the uh, Discovery news? You've seen the previews and everything for Discovery? Just that first one they released. Has there been more? Uh, no, no. I think that's been been the only one. I've just watched so many videos uh, of people like talking about it and freeze framing it and shit like that. That I guess don't I, do that. I feel like I've watched more. Yeah, of don't it. don't enable those people. Well, because like the I other day, I saw someone's 16 minute long reaction video for a 35 second Transformers Five commercial. No, I, 16 I agree minutes yes. to talk about a 35 second TV spot. You're not wrong. 16 I hear you. minutes. I know. Let's talk about diecast reviews but, while we're at but it. My, but my point is, my point is, that's why I'm, I, I finally just got, because people were bitching about, oh, it doesn't look like TOS, even though it's 10 years before, and da 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 da. Good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, so what, just fuck it. Go back to TNG. TNG is fine. TNG didn't look like TOS either. Yeah. And TNG looks like, just make it look, the new series look like TNG. That's all I want. I've like, made, I've like planted my flag there. All Star Trek should look like TNG era. I don't give a shit what it looks like anymore, as long as it tells a good, solid, entertaining story. Okay, so does that mean that it has to have the moral quandaries and complexities that Star Trek is known for? You know, like or in the yes. Savage Curtain. <laughs> don't make me come over there. <laughs> Quiet, you. The answer uh, to that is yes. Okay. It needs to be a good, entertaining Star Trek story. Star Trek story, okay. Like, you know, Star Trek Beyond is fun and all, but it's not really Star Trek. It was more Star Trek than Into Darkness. It, it was more Star Trek than a lot of things, but it's not really all the way there now, is it? Well, no, no. I mean, it's it's not. No, it's not. So The visuals yeah. are just window trappings. Oh, agreed. Agreed. You got to tell the story. You got to have the character interplay. You gotta have some sort of moral question that has to be answered, some some aspect of humanity that you're exploring through metaphor or something for it to be worthwhile. Well, that's you know, like in the Savage Curtain. Oh my god, the pinnacle of Star Trek. <laughs> or Star Trek Nemesis. <laughs> yes, the great moral we learned in Nemesis, which was um, what was Nemesis about? <laughs> Dune buggies uh, and clones. That's right. That's even, right. Even Data had a new clone. Yeah. Oh my god, you're right. <laughs> I never thought of it that way before, but yeah. He was a little slow. <laughs> I like chocolate pudding. Oh yeah. Well, no, I agree. I mean, just I just want a good story. Just make it make give me make it feel like Star Trek. You know, give me give me a story that's worth watching. 
Give me a 20 minute long pan of the ship flying over V'ger. <laughs> <laughs> well, we. So, okay, the first, the motion picture is one of those things that's kind of like, uh, you know, the crazy ant that farts too much, but we love her anyway. We give her kind of a pass. That's what no, I feel we about don't. the motion picture. I no, do. I don't I... love her at all. <laughs> we do not give the motion picture a pass. It's a rule. I actively try to push her down a flight of stairs. <laughs> Fortunately, if you time it well enough with her flatulence, you get a little boost. Yeah. <laughs> it's like hitting little arrow panels in F-Zero. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the, the, the high-intensity the high sport of racing crazy ants down a staircase. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. To the tune of Big Blue. <laughs> yeah. Mute <laughs> City. Uh, all right. Well... I kind of hate Star Trek for now. I, I'm going to need a week to to recoup after watching this episode. <laughs> I can't even play like the Star Trek online game anymore because I'm just like, uh. Did you to do to cheer up? Have we? I I think this is a bigger accomplishment than making uh, Wingus uh, not like Eternal. <laughs> <laughs> it may just be temporary, but we've ruined Star Trek for Scott. Yeah, for for a little while this episode. Well, did I did it. choose a good episode. <laughs> <laughs> Our suffering was worthwhile in the end. <laughs> the suffering in the end gave way to pleasure. Well, I like there's a lube joke in there somewhere. I don't know. Yes, Paladin, that's the joke. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. 